0: Hi, this is Pastor Wade Floyd coming to you from First United Methodist Church of Lake Jackson. This is our weekly message. We're so glad that you have joined us. We hope this message will bless you. Good morning, friends. So, uh, you, as your guest preacher today, um, let me say a little bit about who I am, and then we'll get to the scripture real quick. Okay, so I'm a United Methodist pastor. Uh, I have... Been a pastor since 1990, so that's uh, 30, 33 years or so. I have served churches in Mount Pleasant, uh, Pearland, Teague, Texas, uh, Kilgore, Texas, and most recently Beaumont, Texas. The last three years or last four years, I've served at the conference office. The conference office is in Houston, over in the Museum District. And I have been the director of the Center for Congregational Excellence for three of those four years. So, the director of the Center for Congregational Excellence means that y'all know this. Over the last two or three decades, it used to be, as long as you opened the doors of the church, people came to church. All you had to do was open the door, have a worship, have a Bible study, and people used to come. They moved to a town... Uh, they grew up in the church, and it—it it was just standard practice that you went to church on Sunday. And then, two or three decades ago, uh, things kind of began attendance-wise, and people, our culture began to change, and attendance kind of went downward. We began, during that time frame, working with. The leadership of congregations of United Methodist Churches uh, from our conference. Our conference is from Texarkana, Oklahoma, Arkansas border, all the way down the Louisiana border, down the Gulf Coast, almost to San Antonio, almost to Austin, almost to Waco, and almost to Corsicana, in that big old area, 68 counties in Texas where there are United Methodist Churches. So in that, t- in that area, we began two or three decades ago began working with the leadership of churches, pastors, and the leaders to figure out a way for churches to not just survive, but to thrive. And so churches that, uh, that are doing more than surviving these days are those churches that engage with their community. Those churches that engage with their community and connects with their community helps that church to thrive more than just survive. This last year, I've been the conference treasurer. So uh, the treasurer of the conference uh, helps those churches with um, the needs of the conference and works with the churches on their financial support and giving. So thank you, um, Debbie, for sharing about the the, uh, Society of St. Stephen's commitment this morning. Okay, our scripture this morning is from Matthew's Gospel. Chapter 21, beginning with verse number 23. Can I set it up before I read the text? Let me tell you what's going on so you get a context, okay? So y'all remember every year, the Sunday before Easter, okay? Think about it. The Sunday before Easter is called... Palm Sunday, yes. And Palm Sunday, we are reminded that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey and the people take off their cloaks and they get uh, palm branches or they get branches from the tree and they wave them at at Jesus as he comes into Jerusalem for what ends up being his last um, triumphant entry. And everybody is praising Jesus in the crowd. And then in Matthew's Gospel, pretty soon, right after that, the next text, Jesus goes to the temple. He's ridden in to Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. He goes to the temple. He sees that the temple, the scribes and the leaders, the temple leaders, are making a mockery of the temple. And that's where he overturns the tables, Because they are selling things, um, causing the poor, uh, raising the rates on the poor. So Jesus is upset at what they have done. And so he turns over the tables. So now Jesus is on the outskirts with the religious leaders. They are upset at him. And so then we get to today's text, immediately following that. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching, and they said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, Hmm, I'll also ask you a question. If you tell me the answer, he says, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. And here's the question that he asked the leaders of the church, of the temple. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin, from man? They argued with one another, and they said, Well, if we say from heaven, then he'll say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin or from man, we are afraid of the crowd. For all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus. "Uh, We do not know. And then he said, well, neither will I tell you about what authority I do these things. Okay, I'm going to pause there for just a moment before I read the next part of the text. Y'all have heard the phrase Catch-22, right? Catch-22 is a dilemma, a predicament, a pickle, a situation. Catch-22, I looked up the phrase. Where did that come from? It actually comes from a book rather recently, 1961. Uh, Joseph Heller wrote a book entitled Catch-22. And in the book, the main character in the book is a soldier, a military personnel. He doesn't want to do the combat mission. And so the military personnel doesn't want to do the combat mission, and so he pretends, he fakes his sanity, and he pretends to be insane. Okay? He pretends to be insane so that he doesn't have a combat mission field. And because he does that, the authorities... Say, well, you have enough smarts to plan to be insane, so you must be sane. So he's in a catch 22. You have enough smarts to plan to be. Thank you, thank you. So, he's in a catch-22. We get in a catch-22. Jesus put the scribes and the, the leaders in a catch-22, in a predicament. They asked him, By what authority are you doing what you're doing? I remember my mom told me that one day when I was young. Who do you think you are, young man? By what authority are you doing what you're doing? And Jesus said, I'll answer your question if you'll answer mine. And so they said, okay. And Jesus asked, by what authority? Are you following John the Baptist or not? And then they said, well, if we say that John the Baptist is from God or from heaven, then it means that we have to follow him. And so they're all huddled together. If we say that, then we have to follow John the Baptist and then we have to follow Jesus and we don't want to follow Jesus. But then the other answer is if we, follow, if we say that John the Baptist is from man, then all the crowd will be upset at us, the leaders. And so then they say, huh, we don't have an answer. And so then Jesus says, when, if you don't have an answer, then I don't have an answer for your question either. So then... He goes on and he tells this story, a parable. What do you think? man had two sons. He went to the first son and said, Son, go to work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and he went. The father said to the second son, the same. And he answered, I'll go, sir. But he didn't go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is God's holy word. Thanks be to God. Amen. So here's what Jesus is doing. He tells a parable. A parable is to teach us a lesson. And the parable is that the father has two sons. One son, he tells them both to do the same thing. Go into the vineyard. And one son says, no, I don't think so. Not me today. But he repents, and he goes into the vineyard. And then the second son says, Sure, Dad, I'll go. I'll be glad to go. But then he doesn't. So there's the two sons, one who says no, but goes, and one that says, Yes, I'll go, but doesn't. Jesus says, Which one of those two sons did the will of the Father? The crowd said it was the first son. The one who said no but who repented and did what his father wanted. Jesus tells this parable to teach a lesson. And the lesson is about the Gentiles and the Jews. The Gentiles rejected Jesus at first, but then repented and followed at Jesus. The Gentiles, the non-Christians, that's us. We are the Gentiles in today's scripture. The Gentiles in the text said no to the Father, but then they repented, and then they followed Jesus. And the Jews in the text said, yes, they'll follow Jesus at first. But then they rejected Jesus, and they ended up crucifying him. I wonder in this text, I wonder how oftentimes we're like the second son that says, Yes, by all means, I want to be a follower of Jesus, and then we fall short. We don't do it, it's lip service. It's walking, it's talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Y'all see the difference? I wonder how many times this text speaks of us. Me, me, myself. And I invite you to ask the same question. Are you the first son that says no, but repents? And follows Jesus? Are you the second child? That says, sure, I'll be a follower. With just my words. But my actions, nah. When the going gets tough, Mm. I quit. Everyone in the United Methodist Church over the years have answered the question about being faithful to God by serving God with our prayers, our attendance, our gifts, our service, and our witness. What is your witness like in this community? I don't know. What are your prayers like? I don't know. What is your attendance like? Today you're in church. I don't know your attendance. I don't know your gifts. I don't know your service. I don't know your witness. But this text speaks to all of us, including myself. About my commitment to Jesus. What does my walk look like? How do I serve Christ? Sunday morning only, and then the rest of the week, the rest of the day, hmm, I take it or leave it whenever it's easy. Jesus is inviting the scribes and the leaders to repent. And to follow. And then there's that little bit at the very end where he then says the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they're the ones that enter the kingdom. Ouch. Those who are outside of society, the tax collectors, the marginalized. The poor, the widow women, the women, the leper. When I go through the Scriptures and think about all the people that Jesus encountered, the woman at the well, all of the people that He encountered were were not necessarily religious leaders of the day. It was not the religious leaders that Jesus turns the tables and says the last shall be first. Who is the last? In Jesus' day, it was the women, the ones who were demonic, the ones who were needing healing, the ones that were considered outcast or unclean. The last shall be first. And the first in society shall be last. Jesus is very clear on how the religious leaders in that day accepted him and his teachings. How do you and I accept Jesus' teachings in 2023 in these days? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, we are thankful for your word. Your word that's direct to the point. It teaches us. May we take these words and may they sink into our heart, into our soul, and to our mind. So that our actions speak louder than our words not only on this day, but every day. In the name of your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly sermon message. We hope this, this has blessed you in some way. Please see our notes below for if you have a prayer request or if you would like to learn more about our church.